Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, it's Ruben Dua from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. Today, I'm on with Davida Ginter, and we are going to get into this topic that I think many of us are, are feeling, mm. suffering from, or about to suffer from it. We've acknowledged it. We don't yet know it's a storm that's coming, which is burnout. <laughs> and burnout, to me, means a lot of different things. It means Zoom burnout. It means staying at home too much burnout. It means staring in front of screens burnout. There, the list goes on. Uh, you are an expert in this matter. You have written a book about this, in fact, which I can't wait to talk about. Uh, but please start with a short bio, and then let's get into the topic. All right. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Um, a short bio. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, someone just asked me yesterday, I'm a change maker. I love the idea of helping, supporting, mobilizing change, social change. So this is what I'm passionate about. I am, as you said, the author of the book, Burning Out Won't Get You There. And I'm also the CEO of Inkindle Global. It's an organization dedicated to supporting leaders and other organizations in burnout prevention, Mm. emotional well-being, uh, emotional resilience. This is what we are committed uh, to do. And I'm also a mother of three kids located in Israel. And that's me. Mm. Well, I, I think that uh, one of the things that I have to commend you on is just this idea of being extremely brave, you know, to talk about a, a topic, a subject matter that not a lot of people are comfortable talking about. Um, you know, burning out is a sign of weakness to some people. It's a sign of um, being inadequate to others, not being motivated. I disagree with all those. I think that we are human beings and we just like batteries, we need to be refreshed and rejuvenated. Um, I will admit that it has been a little bit too long that I've gone on a vacation. So, <laughs> so I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of missing that, but, um, give us some, give us some guidance on how we can avoid burnout. What are some of the common signs that we may look for and sort of best practices that we can adopt? Yeah, I'd love to. I can start with your recent point because this is really relevant that there are many, false perceptions around burnout and burnout prevention. And one of them, I'll try to get to a few more, but one of them is that we can work long hours, really hard, never take a break, and then run away for a retreat or vacation, and that will do. But what happens is that we come back home, maybe energize and everything, but we go back to the very same system and routine that contributed to burnout, to our burnout. So a retreat, a vacation is wonderful, but it's not the core solution to the core problem. So burnout prevention goes along. Re-examine our routines, both uh, you know at work and in our personal lives. And when we do that, we are able to reprioritize and maintain a routine that integrates well-being. Um, holistic well-being, I would say, physical well-being, emotional well-being. How do we develop that and do it on a daily basis, uh, on a regular basis? Because this is it. Uh, This is what builds our 
emotional resilience and help us prevent burnout before we hit the wall. And you ask about signs. So how do we recognize burnout? And it would be good to start with realizing what is burnout because um, sometimes people confuse that with depression, uh, which are not the same. So burnout is defined as chronic stress, work-related stress that has not been successfully managed. And that's another false perception right here that uh, sometimes, oftentimes, people uh, perceive stress as a negative thing, but it's not. Stress itself is not a problem. Stress, actually, and it has been proven, could push us forward to pursue our goals. So stress itself is not a problem. The problem starts when we don't manage stress well, when we don't have a good practice to deal with stress and adversity and uncertainty, etc. So when we actually practice that and find a healthy way to deal with our stressors, the way we actually perceive stress, that's a more sustainable um, and healthy approach that helps us prevent burnout. And, and the signs are many, you know, it could be exhaustion, it could be um, feeling negative or cynical towards your mission or your work or your co-workers or boss. It could be reduced productivity. So there are many signs. Sometimes they are small and sometimes they are all at once. But the big thing here, the key here is to recognizing them and act. Act before, again, we hit the wall. Because, you know, when we notice those signs, we don't always listen. The body knows. The body knows what's going on, right? Mm. Um, but it's our responsibility to pay attention, to listen to ourselves, to listen to others, um, and change, reprioritize what needs to be reprioritized. Mm. Well, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that I think about a lot uh, from a leadership perspective is how we can uh, address burnout, not just for ourselves, but the folks on our team. And actually, just today, I had a webinar, um, which was which was a really productive webinar on leadership in disruption. It was hosted by my friend Shaquille, and it was uh, a really interesting topic that that discussed empathy and compassion and understanding this idea of that in business, maybe our goal is to be part Hercules and to, to be part Buddha, which is bold and brave, but also compassionate and empathetic and patient and mindful. So the, the question that I have for you is how as leaders can we, can we help our team members to avoid burnout? How can we help them to look for the signs and do it in a way that's safe? Yeah, and I really appreciate the question because this is exactly my purpose to understand that it's not just an individual problem. It's a systems responsibility systems problem and it's a leadership responsibility. And the first thing I'd say here is, and it's actually good news that um, emotional well-being is contagious. And that means that if a leader steps in and they are able to not only communicate, but embody well-being, embody them that to themselves, but also integrate it into the organizational culture. That's a fabulous way 
to make sure that your people, your employees, whatever it is, the people you are leading are thriving and not burning out. First, because you represent that by example, right? You show, you set the example, what well-being is, what's a healthy way for us to work in. And second, because when you integrate well-being into the work culture, into the, even to the organizational DNA, you make sure that it's not, you redefine success in a way. So, you know, many times businesses, how do they define success? The bottom line, the productivity, the key performance indicators, whatever it is. And then I go and ask them, but what about well-being? Why can't that be part of success and being even measured? So when leaders understand that and they redefine success of their teams, of their organizations, of their workers, and, and they look at well-being as part of success, everything changes. So leaders can do so much around it, um, improve the communication and the trust within teams and the way they listen, you know, hear their people. There, there's another very, very common false perception around burnout that it's mainly caused by workload, but that's not true. Workload is definitely within the list of causes of burnout, but it's not the main one because you can work many hours and thrive and you can work just a few hours and burned out badly because you feel that no one values your work or your efforts. No one cares about your opinion. You're not engaged. So there are many core issues there that leaders can and should address to support their people, to prevent burnout, to enhance well-being in the workplace. Mm. Well, I think what you're talking about so nicely is this idea of giving and receiving empathy. And I, think that, and I think that's so important that you bring that up because it, it not only does it show your kind of high EQ, but it also shows the importance that we all must challenge ourselves and to really exercise this muscle, the empathy muscle, as I might call it, um, uh, towards the folks around us. And that includes our team members, it includes our any type of constituents, stakeholders, you know, co-owners, partners, clients, vendors, it, the kids, spouses, friends, this applies to everyone. Um, you know, many say that we are all going through a small war. So what's behind this camera right here is, is, my, is my life. And what you're seeing right now is a controlled environment with this microphone and these headsets. And, and uh, there's, there's another reality that's happening, right? And I think that this idea of connecting to people through empathy is, in fact, what I think, to your point, can offset burnout because we feel seen, we feel heard, mm. we feel appreciated. Yes, yes, it's so true. This is spot on. And it could be easily done. It's a matter of intention. So, for example, I always start a team meeting with a check-in. And I'm not saying it's going to take the entire time of the meeting, but it's important to set time for this check-in because I want to know what's going on with my team members, even on a personal level, before we dive into work. Because a person could show up to work and we don't know what they carry on their back. But when you allow that this business empathy, for example, through the check-in, you make room for the, the human, the person 
to step into the workplace with their humanity, right? So this is when we also empathy, listening, allowing that. And this is also what we always try to, to teach other organizations and leaders, of course, just listening and giving room for everything to be expressed in a respectful way, of course, but still just people need to be heard and know that um, they count, someone care about them and for them. Mm. And what was your catalyst to to write this to write this book? Did you burn out? <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> Not exactly. Well, I was close to burnout many years ago when working for a corporate. Put that aside, left this place, went to do other stuff. And in the last almost 10 years now, <laughs> I've been working in the field of social change. I was supporting leaders, uh, mobilizing different processes, environmental and social processes. And while doing that work, while working with change makers and leaders, I noticed so many of my colleagues and people I've been working with get stressed out in that process and then burnt out. And I was very curious to know why is this happening? Why? Um, do sustainability practitioners forget to sustain themselves in that process, right? Mm -hmm. People who care about everyone and everything else neglect that bit of self-care. So I, I went and, to- And that's, that's, an old, that's an old adage where- right? Sorry to interrupt you, but that's an old adage where, you know, the person that sells water has, has a cracked pot for his, for his own water. It's an old adage that I heard. Yeah. But we keep hearing that in life where the plumber has- broken plumbing and, you know. and the shoemakers walk barefoot and <laughs> yeah. yeah we know that um but it, but it, this is the perfect irony but i was so curious to know why so i went to explore i thought i would write an article about it it became a book because i, I didn't even realize at the time how big it is and my main realization is that burnout is a huge phenomenon it's cross-cultural cross-sectoral I went to interview leaders all over the world because I was I was also very curious to know if it's any different between Israel and Japan and the United States and Australia. And I'll tell you, it's not. It's everywhere. There might be nuances, of course, according to the culture, but it's still a, um, a very dominant global phenomenon. It's not even local. So, yeah, the... The trigger was just noticing what's going on around, you know, within my colleagues, in my surroundings, and went to exploring that. Mm. Now, uh, <clears throat> I, I am a fan of a number of Israeli-led startups. Um, there have been some great success stories, in fact, in technology, um, where some some amazing companies, some huge companies that have come out of Israel and I and I as I started to do my learning and my research, I realized that uh, there is a certain level of acumen, a certain level of drive, motivation, education. There's a lot of really amazing elements that come out of Israel, um, and that drives the workforce. Now, of course, I generalize a little bit, but you know, my question for you is: Are would you say that there are any cultural things that we can learn about your country in terms of? you know, why some great success stories have come out of it and how we can learn from those? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and that's my humble opinion. Uh, 
on the startup scene. I would say that we love and know something about taking risks. So, um, you know, we we are many things, and and it's it's always problematic to generalize. But I would say that uh, this the many Israeli people that I know for many many years now are usually risk takers, and that also means on a positive way that it creates or generates a lot of out of the box thinking, but also executing. Because it's not just about having the idea; it's about having the urge, taking the slip to execute this brilliant idea, even if you know that you are taking risk now. So mm. I'd say it's something around that, around this um, attitude that sometimes gets us into trouble, <laughs> but also takes us to explore new territories around innovation. Mm. And you know, my my two favorite. Uh, stories that have come out of Israel are actually my three favorite stories are mm -hmm. Waze, Fiverr, yeah. and then Wix. Wix is the website company. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we featured Wix on our YouTube channel, The Daily Dub. Uh, actually, just uh, today, actually, a video that we that we dropped on creating web pages. So I am a fan, but uh, you know, obviously, people are different, and just because there's some success stories doesn't mean that we can uh, generalize. But thank you for that. Um, uh, next, next question for you is, are there any ongoing exercises that you might recommend that we do within teams? The reason why I ask is this is because, you know, in healthcare, there's preventative healthcare, and then there's sort of like reactive healthcare where I get sick and I feel terrible and I go to the doctor's office and then I'm addressed versus I'm doing my exercise. I'm doing my meditation for mental health. I'm eating well. You know, what are some of the preventative, you know, prophylactic measures that we can do to avoid burnout for ourselves and for our team members? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is that practices, um, especially around well-being, are always personal. So I'm always being very, very careful to recommend specific practices because those are so individual and personal that I don't want anyone to blindly follow advice that doesn't suit them. So what I can share actually, and then I feel way more uh, comfortable around that and you know, professionally recommend is approaches. And those approaches are common to the vast majority of people. Uh, again, not journalizing, but to most people. First one is connecting. We are social creatures. We seek connection. We need connection to other people. And just as you started this conversation saying sometimes people are afraid to share about their struggles, their stressors, but it's so healthy to connect around basically anything, but specifically also about your challenges. And the beautiful thing about connecting uh, with people that you trust and could support you is that you also suddenly don't feel so alone um, as you might felt before. Um, you know, in that situation, you suddenly realize uh, there are many people struggling, maybe with different issues, but you feel that it's relatable. So connecting, it doesn't have to be uh, big gatherings, big parties, just, you know, it could be one person, but someone that you know will have your back when you need it. It's really, really important in that sense. The next one uh, in terms of, of 
common approaches is pausing the self-judgment. And I deliberately don't say stop, I say pause, because it's not always easy to stop the judgment, uh, not alone the self-judgment, right, that we direct towards ourselves. And many of the people I've been interviewing about burnout have told me sentences um, around, I felt I'm not doing enough or not doing enough on time. And then I felt I am not enough. So it goes around the self-worth. But here we are judging ourselves, contributing to the situation, to the problem of burnout, instead of pausing that mm. and harness self-empathy. We talked about empathy toward, towards others and in business. What about self-empathy? Accept ourselves and understand that we are enough. And, you know, just observe this judgment, pause that and, and work with that. That's very, very helpful. And another one is to explore and create your own balance. And that's, and many people are talking about work-life balance. What if that's not the balance that you need? This is wonderful to have work-life balance, but what if there's a different type of balance that you actually need that it's more accurate for you? For example, how do you balance your work routine in your personal life in a way that complements that, in a way that meets your needs? For example, you are working in a hectic environment, very noisy workplace. You might need to balance that with some quiet self-time after work. Or the other way around, maybe you work alone all day. You might want to balance that with uh, hanging out with people, you know, socializing. And there are different types of balance. There's, you know, um, movement versus um, stillness. And just explore to yourself what is that you are missing now and you can add to your routine that will balance your way of working and living and leading and socializing. Mm. Well, I, I connect to that on multiple levels because uh, work-life balance, you know, rest in peace, work-life balance. Now it's just <laughs> life. It's just life. Yes. There's no, it's, there's no differences. It's, it's life. So there's blend. It's more <laughs> of a blend. Than a yeah. Balance. Right. Exactly. Uh, well, th this was really, really a powerful conversation. I definitely learned a lot from this. Um, could you tell us where we can find your book and okay. also what your website is? I'd love to. Thank you. So you can find me on davidagintel.com. That's the website. Uh, that's also where you can find the book, but also on Amazon. The book is titled Burning Out Won't Get You There. It's available as a, a hard copy, as an ebook soon as an audiobook Ooh. Uh, coming in a, a month or two depends. and who's who is the reader on and that did you read that yourself no it was a big dilemma but i decided to give a very good friend of mine who is a talented voice actress to do it for me got it got it yeah. well i look forward to checking out more of your content on linkedin your website and then of course your book Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much Thank for your you. time. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stick around. I'll share some notes with you.